Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to the We Podcast, and I'm your host, Sarah Menares. I believe that we all need a space to speak our authentic truth, as well as a space to hear the truths of real and vulnerable people so that we can better understand that we are not alone. Hearing the experiences of others encourages us to step into the light in our own lives. It is through owning our stories and learning to speak our truth that we are able to grow and rise above the challenges we face and step into the full power of all we were created to be. You will hear many topics discussed in this space with people from all over the world. We hope that you feel welcomed into a community of growth and that this space will invite you to uncover the absolute greatness that is already inside of you. Oh, and don't forget, check out all the We Podcast episodes as well as the We Spot blog over at thewespot.com. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey girl, it's me. You're listening to episode number 60, In Love with Love and Writing. In this episode, I get to chat with Amanda Kelly. Amanda grew up in a small town in Wyoming where she was an avid reader from an early age. Growing up a few doors away from the library gave her easy access to fuel her reading habit, but it wasn't until she was married with a family of her own that she decided to give her dream of being an author a real shot. Today, she lives in northern Colorado with her husband and two incredible sons and writes romantic fiction with a splash of suspense thrown in for good measure. With two books already published and more in the works, the sky is the limit, and she couldn't be more thrilled. When Amanda isn't writing, you can find her enjoying time with her family and friends, cuddling her animals, and dreaming of far-off vacations. We had such a great conversation about the writing process and what it's like to write romance. Amanda lets us into her process and shares her writing journey with us. I can't wait for you to dive into all the goodness. But before we do, let me tell you that this episode has been edited by the amazing Lux Gaze. That's L-U-X-G-A-Z-E. Find her on Fiverr for all your podcast audio engineering needs. All right, here we go. Here is my interview with Amanda. Welcome to this episode of the WE Podcast. I have the amazing Amanda Kelly here with me today, and I'm super excited to talk with her about all kinds of things that I know you'll be interested in as well. So thank you so much, Amanda, for being here with me. So we met through Cub Scouts is ultimately how we got connected, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I met you like... Right when I was in the depths of writing my book, and then I found out you were an author, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) And I think at a Cub Scout event, I asked you about 9,000 questions, and you very graciously answered (laughs) them for me. (laughs) And I hope they made sense. (laughs) They did. (laughs) I'm still figuring it out, too. So, yeah, well, it's definitely a hard process, as you know. And so I'd love to walk people through that and have them 
know more about your books and, and your style of writing and all of that. But I also think there's a lot of people interested in writing books. So it's great information for them to have. But before we dive into all of that, I would love to know just a little bit of your history. I mean, I know a little bit, but I think our listeners would like to know. And also, I just learned that you and your husband are high school sweethearts, which I did not know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we are, he, uh, I met him, it was Halloween night um, of my junior year of high school. And the rest is kind of history. It it all worked out. We we dated all of my junior year, and then I think there were a few months there where we weren't together, and then we found our way back to each other just in a few months, and then we got engaged, moved in together, got married, had kids, and here we are 15 years later. So Crazy. So like the normal progression or traditional progression through... Yeah. Yeah. There's tons of people in high school when we just said we were going to get married because he proposed before I graduated. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, automatically, well, are you pregnant? And I'm just like, well, no, mm-hmm. no it's actually about love, but <laughs> it wasn't for like four years, I think, before we had Vince. Mm-hmm. So. And you both went to school, right? After high school, you both went to college? Yeah. Yeah. We went, um, he took, uh, he was an electrician. So he took trade classes, like night classes. And then I went to school during the day and worked in the evenings while he worked all day and then went to school in the evenings. And so we didn't feel like we saw each other as much as you normally would, but it Mm. was good. It was good for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's good to have those years together, growing up together before we had kids. Definitely. Yeah. You literally grew up together. Yeah. You Mm -hmm. know, learning to be your own person with somebody else doesn't always work out but it worked out for us because I still love the guy yeah (laughs) (laughs) well that's good (laughs) yeah and he puts up with me so (laughs) that's awesome so you are from Wyoming correct I am yeah my parents moved up there when I was just like a few weeks old and I grew up there Mm -hmm. and me and Scott moved down here to Colorado Four years ago, mm-hmm. about so, thirty years in Wyoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, the beautiful section of Wyoming, because there are some not so beautiful sections. There's a Wyoming. lot of sagebrush. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of sagebrush where I grew up too, but it was, you know, it's surrounded more, by hills and stuff, and kind yeah. of this little like valley-ish. Uh-huh. So I know I always thought it was pretty. I didn't always appreciate it when I lived there but even going back now I still think it's pretty yeah I like it there yeah yeah because when we drove through it on our road trip and I think I was texting you or something and yeah it's like like, if you go through a tunnel yeah that's where I grew up (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was like oh this is actually a beautiful place I don't I don't know for some reason I don't think of Wyoming as like this beautiful place because most of it's like flat and Kind of desertish. Yeah, it's not real green. Yeah. You know, the eastern side of the state's more green. And I always thought it was way more pretty than where I grew up. And, you know, I wasn't one of those kids who wanted to get out, like, right away. I was very attached to my friends and my family and my parents. 
parents especially, and I just, I wasn't ready to go. Mm -hmm. And we actually almost moved quite a few times, and it just wasn't the right time. Mm -hmm. So, and when this job opportunity came up down here, and it was like, you know, you felt it, you know, it was was time to go. Mm. And it was hard. It was probably one of the hardest things I think I've ever done, but... Yeah. It's been so good for all of us. So I'm I'm glad we did it. Yeah. But even going back to my hometown now, it's it's pretty there. I like it. Mm-hmm. And the pace is slow and it drives Scott crazy to try to drive there. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll go for me. That's funny. And all of our parents are still there. So we go back pretty often. We're actually headed back here in a couple of weeks. Oh, nice. That's cool. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Nick is not a patient driver either. (laughs) Our husbands have something in common. I know. He loves driving down here. It's like NASCAR sometimes. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) It took me forever to figure out why people were honking at me on like 10th Street Mm -hmm. because I wasn't going fast enough. I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm going like 40. Like that's that's like the highest speed limit in my hometown is 40. (laughs) Uh And that's like on the way out of town. Yeah. They just barely raised the speed limit to like 35 on the main roads. That's funny. Well, I still lived there, but yeah. you know, it was after I had started driving and stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, then come to find out the speed limit's like 55. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so fast. It's too fast. <laughs> but I'm used to it now, so we're good. <laughs> That's it funny. It's definitely a, like a culture shock almost. Yeah. I don't think people think of Greeley as like a big town, but Mm-mm. for me, mm-hmm. it was yeah. like, coming in. Thankfully, yeah. it's all spread out, and there's not really, like, a downtown kind of traffic. Not, like, super busy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, we moved back to Greeley because Greeley had a small-town feel compared to where <laughs> we were before. <laughs> it's funny. It's all perspective, huh? Yeah. I remember my dad calling me and being like, what? Like, do you know how many people live there? And I was like, no. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> and he looked it up. And he called me back and he's just like, you know, there's like over 100,000 people in Greeley and Greenborough has like 12,000 maybe. So, I mean, it's huge compared to where I'm from. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. So tell me, well, I never knew this about, I never knew you were a granny driver either. (laughs) (laughs) I'm better now. (laughs) That's I can funny. hold my own. I still don't want to drive in Denver, but. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Oh. Well, I know a big part of your story is your love for books and reading and yeah. really beginning at a young age and has brought you to where you are today and and being an author and writing your own book. So can you kind of start us out with your early story around, I mean, did you always know you wanted to be a writer or? Not necessarily. I actually, I wanted to be a marine biologist was Mm. my dream until I took biology and that dream went crash and burning. (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, I always did love reading though. I lived three doors up from the library in Green River and I'd walk down all the time and get books and you know when I was younger it was the boxcar children and babysitters club and Mm -hmm. the Berenstein bear books were my favorite I actually saved all of my Berenstein bear books for my kids Mm -hmm. and they loved them they've added to the collection and they would read them they'd put okay I read this one they'd put it in a different stack and they'd get through that stack and Mm -hmm. then they'd start all over oh yeah and I did love those but 
like I would always go down and just get new books and I'd get the same books like where the red fern grows Hmm. I remember getting that book multiple times and I remember the pages were a little wavy like where I cried on it (laughs) because uh, it's just it's the books that make you feel are the best ones Hmm. but I did I always loved to read and you know I think it happens to a lot of kids they get into like middle school and high school and they have to they have, have to read what the teachers want them to read Mm -hmm. and I kind of lost my love for it for a little while you know because Beowulf just is not my kind of book (laughs) and it's not just Mm -hmm. what I like to read and there's not much time for the other stuff with Mm -hmm. sports and jobs and friends and all that kind of stuff and I kind of let it slide for some years and I didn't realize how much I missed it until like I just picked up a book one day and I started reading again, and then it's like I couldn't get enough. Mm-hmm. And I would read like four or five chapter books a week, and I would just devour these books. And I remember going through a phase where I I try to write reviews. Back then, I really tried. Now I'm way better about it. But back then, like that's what an author needs, like to get out in the world and get their books seen they need reviews mm. and so I'd always try to write a review but I hated writing bad reviews and I got to the point where I was in a rut reading and I didn't like any of the stories I was reading and I was like well if they would have just done this or this or this and then I kind of like gave myself a mental slap and I was like well if you think you can do better prove it mm-hmm. and one day I was just like okay let's give it a shot and I didn't realize I love it as much as I did and I mean I'd written stories before I did a young authors contest when I was in fifth grade and loved it and my college papers I had a professor want me to publish one of them Mm -hmm. I don't remember if it's some magazine it was some I think it was about dolphins my story was about them in captivity and stuff and um but I didn't want to put myself out there that wasn't going to happen so that was I never even planned on publishing my story. I started it when the kids, my first one, my first one that I published, I started it back when the kids were super young and I just didn't have time for it. You know, being a stay-at-home mom and having two kids only a year apart Mm -hmm. from each other, it was just constant, you know, being a mom. Mm -hmm. And I was exhausted at nighttime and wanted to spend time with Scott and all of that. So I actually, I put it away for a while and it wasn't until we moved down here that I picked it back up again and um because the kids were in school now and I'd moved away from my family and didn't have people constantly knocking on my door which (laughs) I I didn't not like it I actually kind of miss it but it was you know every day Mm -hmm. somebody or phone calls and or somebody to go see and and then I came down here and I didn't know anybody I had nowhere to go nowhere to be Mm. and my kids were in school and Scott was at work and I was just like well everything's unpacked (laughs) and I was like how about I open this and I actually I remember the date on it was like two years since I'd even opened the file Mm. on the book and I I did a lot of rewriting and a lot of (laughs) rereading And uh, I finished it in just like four months, I think. I just buckled down and got it done. And I think that was the hardest part, just finishing it. Mm -hmm. Because knowing it's done, like wrapping something up, like and making sure all your loose ends are tied and Mm -hmm. finishing Mm -hmm. the story. And then I was just like, now what? And then I decided I'd work 
way too hard on this to just let it sit in my computer. Mm-hmm. And I gave it to some people to read and like, you know, please be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it all worked out and I decided to self-publish it. And I hired an editor and a cover designer and went on that crazy ride. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Not easy, but worth it, I think. Yeah. For sure. Totally. So your first book is called Worth Holding On. Yes. And you have two now. The second one's Worth Fighting For. But I think I love hearing, like, the backstory because I think so many people think, oh, well, you did this because you you knew it was, like, your burning passion or your calling or and it must have been an easy, straightforward you know, journey. Mm-hmm. I think people assume that a lot. Yeah. Like if that's what you've always wanted to do with your life. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that's what I've always wanted to do, but it's something that's been in the back of my mind as a reader, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like it, it'd be cool to write a book one day, Yeah, you know, or this could be me one day, but it was never something I saw as like attainable. You know, I, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it always seemed like this huge feat mm-hmm. to do and people see the big picture and I think get overwhelmed. I know I did, mm-hmm. but if you just take it one chapter at a time, one conversation at a time mm-hmm. and you can always go back and edit and reread and I can't say I had actually the first book. I didn't even know how it was going to end until I wrote the ending. Mm-hmm. I have a couple alternate endings that are half baked in yeah. my computer for that book. And, um, because they just didn't fit. There's what they're what I wanted to happen, I think, in the back of my mind. So I started writing it that way, mm-hmm. and it just it just didn't work. So I tweaked it and reworked it and let the characters do what they wanted to do, and they run with it. And mm-hmm. that sounds insane. It really does, no, but. it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the creative process. Fictional characters have conversations in my head all the time. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. <laughs> yes. So you are a nonfiction writer. It's, it's suspense, um, romance, fiction. or sorry, fiction. Yeah. Sorry. And they're romance. Yeah, they're they're pure romance. Pure romance. Pure, oh, they're okay. pure romance, but they do. I try to instill a little bit of excitement in them. You mm-hmm. know, a little bit of suspense, a little bit of mystery. Keep the readers guessing a little bit. Yeah. But Yay. yeah, that's what I that's what I love to read and that's what I like to write and uh-huh. honestly I I don't know I think it's the best genre just because that's what makes the world go around is love I mean mm-hmm. whether it's for your job or your family or for somebody else it's, everybody loves something mm-hmm. and even being married for 15 years and the people who are married for you know 60 plus years I still think they like revisiting that time when you're falling in love Mm. Mm -hmm. and just the feelings and stuff and it it doesn't mean you're not happy where you're at it doesn't mean that you love your significant other any less it's all about just the feelings it invokes and maybe you remember because nothing is like when you're a kid falling in love for the first time Mm -hmm. and it's just I don't know I think it's something mm-hmm. everybody can relate to. Totally. Because you look at even like action movies, there's always some sort of something in the background of like two people falling in love or, mm-hmm. you know, protecting each other mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So right. it can be as 
burly and gruff as you want it to be, but there's always that soft spot. Mm-hmm. So it's true. Yeah, totally true. So I was thinking, you know, so you write fiction and my book I just wrote is nonfiction. And I was thinking about this beforehand, even though they're very different, like a a romance versus a life story or whatever. I think they're, they both have probably the same sense or feeling of vulnerability. See, cause I feel super vulnerable with my book coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, uh, everybody's going to know all my deepest, darkest secrets and yeah. like, you know, it's vulnerable, but you said earlier you didn't want to publish your article because you didn't want to put it out there. There's like, I think it's terrifying. Yeah, it is absolutely terrifying knowing something you've worked so hard on, whether it's your personal journey Mm -hmm. or something you've created out of nothing. Yeah. Knowing people are going to judge it. And sometimes harshly, it's just, it's terrifying and wondering if you're going to be able to take it, Mm -hmm. you know, because constructive criticism is great but it it still sucks Mm. and it's that gut punch kind of like wow okay and then you gotta like rise above and realize it's not personal even though it feels extremely personal Mm -hmm. it feels beyond personal to get a negative review yeah or somebody say I didn't like that and then you want to know why and like what did I do that you didn't like Mm. but I think the hardest part is realizing that you can't please everybody and you got to tell the story you want to tell regardless of what other people want from you because mm-hmm. you got to you got to be true to yourself first and you got to do what you need to do mm-hmm. and then you'll, you'll find your people you'll find your people that love it mm-hmm. and can't get enough of it and there's books out there I don't like that are super popular mm-hmm. and tons of people adore them and love them and I don't get it you know (laughs) and that's okay Mm -hmm. and that's okay because you you can't be everybody's everything Mm. but Mm -hmm. you can be like a select group of people's everything you know yeah they can love everything you do and the way you write and the style you write in and the things you have to say Mm -hmm. it can speak to who it's meant to be for yeah if it's not for them they can move on to find something else that's the joy of books there's millions Mm -hmm. to choose from yeah, it's true. There's something about the creative process, though, too, that's just exposing. I mean, it's like, you know, putting your heart out on all of those pages and then, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're putting it in front of somebody else to say. To judge. Yeah, to judge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's true. Because we all judge everything we read. You judge it on a personal level, though. So it doesn't really mean it's good or bad for everybody. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than getting a message on Facebook or an email from a reader or a review of, of somebody I've never even spoken to mm. before. And I don't know the name or the person or anything. And them loving what you do mm. and are so excited to read more. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's the best feeling. There is mm. nothing that tops that knowing that, that one person liked what you did. Mm-hmm. That's and awesome. Yeah. I, I love when people I know read my book and they come and tell me that they loved it and everything. And 
but the people you don't know, I think, are the ones who are going to be the most honest. Mm-hmm. And so those ones, I don't know if it's easier or harder, but they definitely all are worth it. But the negative reviews stick with you. Mm-hmm. Or at least they do me. I don't mm-hmm. like them. I want them to go away. Yeah. <laughs> and I wish I never read them. But <laughs> if I didn't read them, it means I never read the good ones either. Right. So. Yeah, that's a good point. But the reviews, you were saying at the beginning how important they are. They are. That we really need them in order to be seen as a writer and mm-hmm. get... get Word of mouth is everything. And as far as like Amazon goes, they, they have algorithms in place to where you get put on certain whatever once you get so many reviews. So, I mean... Like you become you featured get, or yeah, something? Yeah, like a featured book or... You know, numbers matter as much as I wish they didn't. It was all for the love of it. But mm-hmm. I've I've reached as far as I can reach. People who I know know I write. People who they know know I write. And even people who they know know I write. But beyond that, it's it's so hard to like get it out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worked with a, a PR company for my second one because the first one I went in totally blind. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I took it just one step at a time. And it was overwhelming and stressful and I can't say the second one was any better (laughs) but I did know more I uh, worked with a PR company that helped me reach more bloggers and social media is super helpful in that but um, Mm -hmm. they did the legwork for me and got my book out there and it was it definitely reached like a whole new set of people I never would have reached so Mm -hmm. in that sense it was definitely worth it yeah But then again, not everybody writes reviews either. So I know how many people it reached and it's great and it's a wonderful feeling, but it doesn't necessarily like translate into like numbers and reviews and everything. Mm -hmm. Because even as an author, I'll read a book and maybe forget to write a review for a few months Mm -hmm. and then it'll pop up. How did you like this? I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So you hear that, everyone. Write reviews, please. (laughs) They don't have to be long. They don't even have to be nice. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) Well, I mean, I prefer be nice. them yeah. to be nice. <laughs> At least be, be But kind. honest, honest yeah. is yeah. the best part. Mm-hmm. Like, don't write something you don't mean. And don't review books for people just because they want you to. Like, mm-hmm. If you've actually read it and liked it, mm-hmm. please, please review it. Yeah. Honestly, it's you could make an author's entire day just by posting one review. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you'll go weeks, even months without a review. And... You know, maybe you're having a really hard day writing and you're wondering why you keep doing it. And then all of a sudden this review pops up and you're like, oh, they do love it. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I am supposed to be doing this. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a rocky road. Mm-hmm. Some days are harder than others for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Some days you have nothing to say. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Those days are frustrating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You posted something on Facebook last week, I think, and I shared it where it was oh, like yeah. the days of the week, like Monday, you're <laughs> like, yeah, I'm so amazing. And then Tuesday, you're like, oh, I suck. I have nothing <laughs> <Right>? to say. <laughs> and nothing has been more accurate than that. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. days where I'll stare at my computer for hours. I'm not even kidding. Hours. And I will reread and rewrite. And in the end, I might advance maybe 
20 words mm-hmm. or something. And I'm like, really? That That's how I spent my day. Yeah. And it's probably stuff that's going to be deleted the next day because I just, it wasn't good that day. Mm-hmm. And then other days, you know, I'll write till 3 a.m. and go nonstop and right. love it mm-hmm. and come back and, you know, fill it in where it needs to be. and. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a straight shot. We don't write the books from first sentence to last sentence, all perfect and pretty. Yeah. It's definitely. What do you think about, I've heard, I've heard people say they sat down and they wrote, they wrote their book in like three hours. And I'm like. I think that's insane. And I honestly don't believe it. possible. I don't think so. If it's possible, awesome for them. (laughs) You know, like that's not me. But I do. I have an author friend who she puts out a new book. I'm not kidding. It's like every couple months. Oh, really? I mean, fully edited, published every couple months. And she'll have edits Why she's working on a cover for another and writing this one. And she just turned this one into the editor. And I mean, it's insane. Wow. And I don't know how she does it. Mm-hmm. I really don't because I, I'll never be that kind of author. Mm-hmm. I... And honestly, like, and I, this isn't saying anything about anybody else, but me personally, like, I don't see how you can do that and still spend time with your family. Mm-hmm. And that's my first priority. Mm-hmm. And actually, I remember somebody back when I was first starting, they were saying how much their child kind of missed them. Like, mm-hmm. they had this one aha moment of, well, you're always writing. Like, can't we go do something together? And they were about ready to graduate. And, I mean, they were an older child and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't have it in me to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that, I don't know how that's coming across, but. No, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I want to spend time with my kids when they get home from school. I don't want to be writing while everybody else is eating dinner. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really big we eat dinner at the kitchen table everybody every once in a while you know we'll get pizza and watch a movie Mm -hmm. or something together but dinner's around the kitchen table sometimes that's the main part of the day where we all are finally together Mm -hmm. and we actually um have this is going off topic a little bit no you're fine (laughs) no we do uh family nights every monday we and we started it a couple years ago it was after we moved down here and we put away phones we put away computers and you know scott he's on call a lot or he was back then especially when we started mm-hmm. now not so much but his phone is constantly ringing and texts are coming in and you know doorbells ringing and you know mm-hmm. things are <laughs> happening and yeah. we finally just set apart one day a week to where we play board games or card games mm-hmm. and we'll order in food. So nobody's busy like up and cooking and there's mm-hmm. no kitchen to clean. Yeah. We'll order pizza or Chinese or, mm-hmm. and down here it's just, so everybody delivers down here. So it's way easier. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we get out board games and we switch off and on the weeks of what kid gets to pick or if me and Scott get to pick and that's cool. Everybody looks forward to it. I put it on the calendar. It's every Monday night when we do Cub Scouts and popcorn and all that. Mm-hmm. And I say I'm not available Monday nights. It's oh, okay. Because yeah. I'm not going to answer my phone Monday. Right. And, you know, after games are over and kids are getting ready for bed and stuff, you know. Yeah. We'll catch back up and mm-hmm. do all that. But we try our best to 
do it every Monday. And if we miss it and something happens, somebody has an appointment or something unforeseen happens, we'll move it to mm-hmm. like Tuesday night or yeah. something. Right. So, and I think that's been super important, especially for the kids. They, yeah. They love it. They mm-hmm. light up when it's family night. They're like, oh yeah, it's Monday. Mm-hmm. And they'll run and argue nonstop downstairs about what <laughs> game's going to get played. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's been vital mm-hmm. to our family. And I, I think it's such a great thing mm-hmm. that we did that. And it was actually Vince's idea when it came up. We had just gotten back from a vacation and it was up in Oregon. We had a beach house up there and mm-hmm. it was, it was a staycation just in a different state. Uh-huh. We watched movies. They had an entire shelf full of board games and card games and it was nonstop card games, puzzles, board games, walking mm-hmm. on the beach, just mm-hmm. being with the family. And I remember he came home and we all have that. I think as a parent, when you're home from a vacation, you just want to stop and like, Okay, everybody needs to go away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need some quiet. You know, Mm -hmm. do laundry, whatever. Catch back up on whatever you need to do. Right. And I remember Vince coming in and asking me. He brought up a board game. And he's like, we haven't played this in a really long time. Can we play it? And I I don't think I snapped at him, but I was very irritated. And I was like, honey, I was like, we just got home a couple hours ago. Like, not now. Mm -hmm. And I he went back downstairs and I remember hearing him crying. And I felt like an ass. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I felt mm-hmm. so bad. And I went downstairs and I'm like, what's wrong? Like, mm-hmm. why did that upset you so much? And let's talk about it. And he's like, I just, I just really wanted to spend time as a family and play a game. Mm. And I said, like, honey, we just spent a week playing yeah. board games, like solid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and Scott had went back to work that day. And I was like, tell you what, I was like, how about we set aside Because I realized how much they loved it. Mm -hmm. I was like, how about we set aside one night a week to where we play board games as Mm -hmm. a family? And he's like, really? How about tonight? And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, (laughs) I I have laundry to do. Yeah, no. (laughs) Right? But it worked out. Like, Monday nights work for our family. Mm -hmm. Everybody's, you know, been to school and work. and Yeah. You know. That's awesome. It's nice just to the stressful Monday, you know, Mm -hmm. just to relax and have fun and start the week out right, I think. Being intentional mm-hmm. about spending that time together and connecting mm-hmm. and yep. it's huge. I yeah. Know. And I know it's going to get harder as the kids get older and Vince is in sixth grade this year. So middle school and he's starting swimming here in a couple days mm-hmm. and it's going to get harder as they get older with friends and outside things. Mm-hmm. But I'm determined to like try our hardest. Like even if it's not that day. Yeah, you know, one day a week. Right. You know, maybe get together on the weekends and decide what night works best for yeah. everybody to yeah. make it work. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the beauty, though, of, of writing is it can really fit into your life. Yeah, I, I can mean, do it anytime, anywhere, mm-hmm. and it's I can still be the stay-at-home mom with the kids. And now that they're in school, I try to treat it as my job. Mm-hmm. You know, where I go down and I sit down and I force myself to write even on the days I'm not feeling it at right. all yeah. but just getting in that habit of doing it because I have the times a day where I know I write better mm-hmm. and unfortunately it's at nighttime once everybody's asleep yeah and I don't get any sleep uh-huh. <laughs> that's when I write the best uh-huh. and I get the most done just because the dogs are asleep kids are asleep I know nobody needs me nobody yeah. needs anything totally and I've spent mm-hmm. the day doing the daily things yeah but yeah, I have a really hard time getting interrupted when I'm writing. Mm-hmm. 
because then I feel like I can't get back on that same wavelength. You get in that groove, yeah. You, yeah. You get stuck mm-hmm. in what you're doing, and when you get pulled out of it, it's beyond hard to get yeah. back in it. And I imagine, too, with, you know, the um, fiction writing, you're, like, immersing yourself in this other world, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then you have to, like, pull yourself out of it and then try and get back in. <laughs> that was the hardest part. That's why I didn't do it when the kids were so young. Yeah. Because even if they were napping, it was only yeah. for a little while. Uh-huh. And then there was two of them, so they were hardly ever down at the same time. And mm-hmm. <laughs> all that. And somebody's crying. Somebody wants food. Somebody well, you hurt themselves. Somebody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a horrible napper. I love I don't napping. Nap. I wish I could nap <laughs> better. But I actually, like, I have trouble sleeping at night anyways. Mm. And... um you know, it's not diagnosed or anything, but yeah, I get it from my dad. He's always had insomnia to Mm -hmm. a point and it's not chronic. It's not every night, but every once in a while you go through these bouts where you just can't sleep and you're, you're running on like two hours of sleep Mm. a night Mm -hmm. for a couple until your body just kind of gets exhausted and (laughs) you finally sleep. But, um, that's kind of what started my stories. I, uh, I couldn't sleep. Mm. And if I could get my mind to focus long enough to hit that one little window that I get <laughs> where I can actually fall asleep, I uh, I started telling myself a story mm. in my head. And none of those were ever published. I never wrote any of them down. But mm-hmm. I would start at the beginning, like opening scene, like chapter one. Mm-hmm. And I'd start telling myself this story, conversations and all. And just silently in my head. And it would it would relax me. It would make me just, oh, instead of tossing and turning and, oh, mm-hmm. let's check my phone. Or, oh, let's read this book that I'm not going to put down for hours. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that keeps me awake. <laughs> Reading does not make me sleepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, eventually I'd just fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And then the next night I'd start over. I'd start at the beginning. And some nights I'd get further. And some nights I'd fall asleep before I even got started. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, that, that, I like that story. Like yeah. I should write that down. Uh-huh. And I sat down to write it and it, it turned into my first book. Oh, that's and it, cool. I don't think anything from what I used to tell myself sleeping made it into that book really. Maybe like the, the place. Essentially you wrote your first book like as you were falling asleep at night. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it never really turned into my book. It, it took on a whole life of its own. When I started writing, mm-hmm. I had an idea and I just couldn't shake it. And even when I put it aside and I, I had a friend growing up, I used to give her my stories, like my chapters mm-hmm. as I would write them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, OK, tell me it doesn't suck. And she was my biggest encourager. Like she loved it and she craved those chapters. She's mm-hmm. like, where's where's my story? Where's my story? Are you done yet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she that poor girl, she waited years, years to get the final but she never stopped. Like she would always text me every once in a while. Everyone would get together. She'd be like, so you writing still? Mm-hmm. Like, Please tell me you are. <laughs> and I mean, honestly, I don't, if it wasn't for her, I don't know if I ever would have like kept going. Cause mm. you know, you, you have that self doubt creep in and mm-hmm. should I, should I be doing it? You mm. know, is it horrible? Cause you know, you read some books that aren't great and they aren't for you and mm-hmm. you know, but, those people, they put their heart and soul into it. Right. And I did too. And it's, it doesn't matter like what you write or what you read. It's everybody, everybody who's like finished a book 
they have put so much of their self into it and not just their time, mm-hmm. you know, cause it's not a 20 minute doctor appointment, you know, you're in and out. It's, right. It's hours, days, months, sometimes even years of your life go into this that mm-hmm. somebody can finish in a day yeah. or two. Right. And, um, they're just like, well, where's the next one? I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> give me some, give time. me a hot second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you are now you're working on the third book. I am in yes. your series. So this is a series that you're doing. It is. And it's mm-hmm. a series of standalones. It's, um, they don't need to be read in order. You get way more out of it if you do, just because it's the same town. It's the same group of people, but each book has their own couple. Mm-hmm. So, everybody we met in book one, I a couple from that turned into book two, mm-hmm. and we revisit our couple from book one, and it's mm. it's so much fun. It's like going back to see an old friend. Yeah, I'm like oh, I get to write them again. Yay! Because they get yeah. to come back. Uh-huh. And now in book three, there's I have this whole world, and it's not just my my set of characters from the first book. It's grown and it's it's expanded and mm. it's become just something I'm actually gonna miss. Yeah. When it's gone, but I do only have the three planned for this one. Okay. I don't want to call it a trilogy though, just because maybe someday if I feel like it, I might come back and yeah, do somebody new. Uh-huh. And um, I have this other story just like pounding away in the back of my head, wanting precedence mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's making it harder to concentrate on book three here. Just yeah. Because out of the blue, this other story just popped in one day. And I have it half plotted out already, and I, I really want to start it, mm-hmm. but I I want to do this one first. Like, yeah. That's what I want to do. So I'm trying to tell this one to chill out a little bit. Like, <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> like, give me a minute. Yeah. Mm, that's awesome. So how do you come up with your characters? Do you, like, base them off of people you know? Do you- I don't. No. no. I try really hard not to do that. Mm-hmm. And it... It never feels like things will creep in, you know. Yeah. Scott, when he was reading the first story, he would just start laughing and he'd look over at me because he gets it. And those little tiny subtle things that are me in that book or him or somebody we know Mm -hmm. or little things creep in conversations, Mm -hmm. um, attitudes, Mm -hmm. likes, dislikes, stuff like that. And they creep in. But I don't want names. Mm-hmm. Of people, so I spend a lot of time on baby name sites, mm-hmm. <laughs> more than expecting mother with like octuplets, <laughs> <laughs> and it drives me nuts. Sometimes I'll just call somebody and be like, "Okay, you need to name this person because I'm I'm Ooh, tapped out." I'll give like, you a name. I have my favorite name ever that I didn't get to use because Logan was a boy. <laughs> Adriel. Adriel. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's different. I've never heard that oh. one. I know. I like that one. You could write it in your book and then everybody will name their kids that. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Like, I don't remember how I came up with the names of some of them. Some of them other people named because I'm I'm tapped out on names. Mm. Like, it's, I got Mm -hmm. enough going on to where I just, and you never realize how many people you don't really like until you go to like naming characters. It's true. (laughs) Or like people you know even, not even necessarily like dislike, but Uh no, I knew somebody growing up they were my friend i can't do that yeah or uh-huh. no that's the waitress at this one restaurant like that would be weird or yeah, <laughs> it yeah. doesn't matter uh-huh. in the long run but it's it definitely creeps in there mm-hmm. when you're trying to name somebody yeah 
And actually a name for my first book turned out to be, it kind of came up when the kids were in school and there's a child who I'm not super, super fond of (laughs) that has the name of one of those. And Uh my son knows it and he knows the names of my characters and stuff. He's like, you named him that? I'm like, I named him that way before you started school. (laughs) Like, that's not on purpose. Uh (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. He's like, you should rename it. I'm like, I can't rename it. It's published. Yeah. Yeah. I can't just go in and switch the name. Well, I love it. I love hearing the, the creative process behind it, too. And I mean, a lot of thought a lot of work a lot of time a lot of heart and soul goes into this and Mm -hmm. so I think everybody needs to go out and grab your books and that would be amazing (laughs) see you're expanding your audience (gasps) through podcasts it's awesome one of the things I wanted to ask you about because I know that this is something I talk about a lot online or to clients or people I know is I got advice when I was writing that while I'm writing, I should not be consuming any information. So I've been working with um, a mentor. My, I don't know. I don't really like that word. But uh, an advisor. <laughs> I like that better. And really working hard the last two years probably on listening to my own voice Mm-hmm. And separating it from all of the noise, all of the other things that persuade us or things people tell us or things we should be doing, right? Yeah. Um, one of the things that she told me, especially when I was writing, was do not read other books. Really? Do not listen to podcasts. Do not do any of that. Do not consume any information. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Because I've, in the fiction world, Mm -hmm. like, I've always heard the exact opposite. Really? Like, if you can't be a good writer if you don't read. Mm -hmm. Because we all, we're all terrified of, like, accidentally copying somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, like, nobody wants that to happen. Yeah. But we all emulate and, like, pull things from people we admire. Mm -hmm. And whether it's the way they phrase something and it, it sparks something in us. And I don't think, like, you need to have a book open while you're writing. Yeah, But yeah. definitely, like, just give yourself a break. Sometimes when I get stuck, like, and I cannot move on in my book to save me, mm-hmm. I just, I remember, like, wow, when was the last time I actually read a book? And it's been a week or two or a month even. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen where I've been so consumed with what I'm doing. I don't give my brain a break. Mm-hmm. And that's my me time, my relaxy time is mm-hmm. reading. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I love it. Yeah. And if you're not doing what you love, like, you're going to burn out. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, th- I think reading's super important while you're mm-hmm. writing. And like, nobody, there are people out there who purposely take chunks of a book and put it in another, and it's horrible mm-hmm. and awful and devastating to the actual author because they put their heart and soul into it. Right. And these other people are just going to copy and paste. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. That and pirating books and all that is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. And, but as far as just like emulating or, you know, I read things that are in the first person when I write in the third Mm -hmm. and 
but I think you need to read what you write. Like, go out there, find romantic suspense that's written in the third person mm-hmm. and just consume as much as you can. Mm. I, I've heard that for sure. You have to be a reader to be a good writer. Like, you have to read books in order to write. Yeah, I think I think right. Stephen King, maybe. Like, there's a quote saying, like, if you don't have time to read, you don't have time to be a good writer. Mm-hmm. Or something along those yeah. lines. I yeah. don't remember it specifically. And maybe but. it's because I, you know, I was in a season or I am easily swayed by other people or... You know what I mean? So I think it's probably important to think about, like, are you more susceptible to that? And maybe maybe. for me and my process, it was don't do this until you're super strong in your own self. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that Um, makes sense. to, To be able to really stand firm in that. And if you're not there yet, just spending the time to find your own voice, I think is important because mm-hmm. we do, like I look at say like people who I want to be like, it's easy then to take on some of their characteristics or wanting to copy them essentially. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Rather than taking the time to figure out who you are. Yeah. And finding your own individuality. Gotcha. That's been a huge part of my process for sure in, in writing. But it sounds like that's you, important too. I mean, you got to have your own voice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like you've, you feel pretty confident in your own voice and your voice is pretty loud as you were falling asleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, like, it pounds away in the back of my head. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think it's different for all of us and I think that's great to know though too. Yeah. Everybody has their own process mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. I think one of the biggest mistakes, I guess, people make like when they want to write a book and they think they have to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. They think they need to know What's going to happen in this chapter? What's going to happen in this chapter? How's it going to end? How am I going to write it? And how's this conversation going to go? What are they doing when they're having this conversation? And I mean, I definitely recommend like writing beginning to end. Like I, I tried my second book differently. Like I would jump Mm, and I'd like, mm -hmm. okay, I want to write this scene. Well, let's jump over there and do that one. And that didn't work out as well for me as I hoped it would. Mm-hmm. Because there were a couple points in my first book where I got super stuck. And I'm like, I don't know how to get from here to here. Yeah. And I would sit and I'd agonize over it. And I'd write and rewrite. And it'd be horrible and awful. And But I would get there. Mm-hmm. And then I can always come back. And I can, I call it, I can fluff it up. Mm. You know, because sometimes, like, I had a very clear picture of where they're at mm-hmm. or maybe I had a very clear picture of the conversation like the actual words that are being said mm-hmm. but mannerisms place you know all that like I, I had no clue mm-hmm. so sometimes I'd have an entire page full of quotation marks just running down the page of mm-hmm. this conversation yeah and if anybody else read it they wouldn't have a clue what's going on but I know who's saying what and who's there mm-hmm. and there might be five people there but yeah it, you just got to get through it Mm -hmm. And sometimes I go in and I'll just write that whole conversation and then I'll move on. Yeah. And then I can come back and I can fill in what Mm -hmm. they're doing, like paint the picture for the reader. Yeah. Yeah. That's good to know. I mean, what would you say is your biggest piece of advice for somebody who's wanting to write a book? Finish. Like if if you want to do it, Mm -hmm. 
be intentional about it, to use your word. Like you need to sit down and get it done. And it's so easy to stop. It mm-hmm. is so easy to stop and doubt yourself and not want to do it. And in the romance genre, like you can get shamed for it. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've run into that. There's two very distinct reactions from people when they find out what I write. Mm-hmm. And I have the people who get so excited and they're like, oh my gosh, what do you write? What are the names? I'll mm-hmm. have to look it up or that is so cool. Yeah. And then you have the people who lose all respect for you. Honestly, they do. Really? You can see it in their face. They'll be like, oh, so what do you write? I'm like, well, I write romance. And it's like, oh, okay. Oh. Let's move on. Because it's, I don't know. They see it as a girly thing or it's all about the sex. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so what if it is? So those people are intimidated by sex. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right? Sorry, that was an overgeneralization. <laughs> Like, they just see it as, like, dirty. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then there's the people who actually read it. And Mm -hmm. they know that's not what it's all about. And so what if it is? Right. So what if that's what I want to write about? Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. what it is. My books have sex in them. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't write it without it. Because, in my opinion, to write a romance, you need to open all the doors. Mm -hmm. And it's all about falling in love and being vulnerable and you can't do that if you're skipping this huge chunk of intimacy mm-hmm. and so it's bare it all yeah heart mind soul and body yeah and you know honestly it's a lot of guys they'll say oh romance oh really it's all about sex mm-hmm. you know that's what you write mm-hmm. and it's that bugs me it mm-hmm. really really does and it's mm-hmm. it's disrespectful mm-hmm. and it's degrading and it's honestly, it frustrates me because I don't know how, there's no way to yeah. change the, what they think of it. And it's not worth my time to yeah. change it. Totally. Um, I think we're getting into this whole, like we could ho- open a whole can of worms right now. <laughs> um, have you read uh, City of Girls yet? I have not. By Elizabeth Gilbert. Uh-uh. I did just read that one. And um, it's a bit risque. <laughs> I read a lot of risque yeah, stuff, yeah. and it's, no, it's you know, good. I, it's awesome. No, I loved it. It was an amazing book. Um, but she really addresses that in this book, like mm-hmm. uh, the fact that women are not supposed to be like sexual human beings, and it's like dirty for them. It's exalted for men, mm-hmm. but for women, it's like this dirty little secret you know you're supposed to keep it quiet and not not talk openly about sex not let anybody know you're having sex yeah, you know even if you have kids because <laughs> oh, how did that happen right <laughs> <laughs> oh i know but i feel like it's this new shift hopefully that we're coming into where people are able to have more open conversations about it Mm -hmm. but I think we're coming out of a generation where it was like super shameful and yeah not something you were supposed to talk about yeah and I I mean I don't know where that mindset comes from I mean I grew up in a household where it wasn't taboo Mm -hmm. you know my mom is super open love you mom (laughs) (laughs) she is she never she talked to me like an adult. You know, I mean, it was mm-hmm. all just open conversation. Like yeah. nothing was super shameful and everything. And I run into these people where they're just like, you read porn. 
And it's like, no, like Mm -hmm. there's so much more to it than that. And looking at it that way is just sad. Like Mm -hmm. if that's what you really think, great, fine. You know, read the books you love Mm -hmm. because I'm going to read the books I love. And nobody should shame anybody for what they like to read. Mm-hmm. My dad's a huge reader, huge mm-hmm. reader. Mm-hmm. He's even read my first book. I'm not sure if he's read the second one. <laughs> I was kind of nervous about that one because uh-huh. I wasn't really planning on him reading the first one either. Yeah. <laughs> but he did. He was one of the first people, actually. <laughs> but he's a huge history buff. He mm-hmm. reads nonfiction all the way. Mm-hmm. And that bores me to tears. Mm-hmm. Like I cannot sit and read a nonfiction history book, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that's what he loves. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to make him feel bad about it. Yeah. Just like, he's not going to make me feel bad about reading about love. Right. And yeah. I just, the people out there who feel like they have a right to shame somebody for what they want to read. Mm-hmm. Just really, really gets to me because it's not their place mm-hmm. and they're overstepping. Because mm-hmm. reading super personal, like everybody can read, 20 people can read the same book and get something totally different out of it mm-hmm. or see it different ways. And yeah. it's all about them personally. Right. Like what hit home with them. Mm-hmm. And it's if true. I can make somebody feel something when they're reading my book, yeah. that's the best compliment. Mm-hmm. You know, if I can get them excited for my characters or make them sad for my characters or, you know, that means I'm, I'm doing something right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's all personal preference, I guess. Yeah. Like the fact that we read and write books with sex in them. There are like groups of people who think, oh, they've done it all. Like Mm -hmm. they're writing personal experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that all of it's personal experience. And I'm not saying all of it's not. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of, you know, we have imaginations. We read a lot. Right. You know, mm-hmm. we have you different experiences, yeah. you know, and just being able to create that. And if it makes you think I've done it all, I did something right. You know, mm-hmm. it was believable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have, I've had people tell me like, oh, is it the new Fifty Shades? Mm. And I've had somebody ask if I'm writing any more dirty books. Oh. And like my reaction to it is what I need to work on. Because mm. I can't change them. Mm-hmm. But I know what I'm writing. Mm-hmm. And my readers know what I write. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's for you, awesome. Mm-hmm. Like that, nothing can make me happier. But if it, if it's not, move along. Yeah. You know, you don't need to tear somebody down because of what they write. Like, would you do it to somebody who wrote mystery? Right. Or somebody who wrote yeah. a nonfiction book? Like, would you right. tear them well, down for plenty, what they're writing? There's plenty of things that people can tear me down for, too, that's in my book. So, I mean, I think it's just another thing. Like, I think some people are just looking for things. You know what I mean? People like, like to complain. And yeah. And they like to pick people apart. And they're, mm-hmm. you'll always run into those people. Yeah. And the best thing you can do is ignore them. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's going to get bad reviews. Or criticism Mm -hmm. for what they write. And getting a thicker skin, I think, and letting it roll off and being confident in what you did. Yeah. And who you are. Mm -hmm. It's the hardest part, but it's the biggest part. Mm -hmm. Like, you you need to, you know, be proud of yourself. Yeah. Stand up for yourself Mm -hmm. and, you know, you'll find your readers. Right. And it belongs out in the world, regardless of 
what the negative people are saying. Like exactly. It, it needs to be there. And I think that's the most important thing that I've had to learn is regardless if, you know, people hate it or they say terrible things about me or whatever, it needs to be there. And it does. You had mm-hmm. something to say and mm-hmm. you said it. Yeah. People sometimes need to be more constructive and quiet about their opinions. <laughs> or tactful, at the least. There we go. You yes. know? Yeah. But they're Hateful not. opinions. Opinions that are hateful. I mean, mm-hmm. you can disagree with someone and say, I don't like something and be kind. Exactly. It, it really does cost nothing to be kind. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like something, move along. Yeah. You know, you don't need to go and tear the person down and I I see it all the time on my different author pages and different people I follow and they'll get hateful hateful emails Mm. and messages and all this and it's like I wonder what makes somebody think they have a right Mm -hmm. to decide to tear somebody down personally and privately Mm -hmm. or god forbid publicly yeah you know like that instead of just moving on with your day Mm-hmm. Just because it wasn't for you or it was something you didn't like or something you didn't agree with, mm-hmm. you know, you do not have to make your opinion known to everybody. Right. Yeah. Just move on. Mm-hmm. You know, be happy. Carry yeah. on. Live your life. <laughs> yeah. I will do the same. Uh-huh. You know, I'm all for constructive criticism. And it's actually yeah. super helpful for authors because mm-hmm. I need to know what didn't come across mm-hmm. or what did they read into this? What didn't I make clear or mm-hmm. how is it? taken by uh, this whole group of people I'm trying to reach right you know if it's constructive it's helpful and if they're doing it to be helpful I think that is so important because maybe it's an opinion we haven't got before Mm -hmm. or it totally missed with these other people right but for you it just didn't come across and maybe you want to make that known right and um Mm -hmm. but for it just to be hateful and mean Mm-hmm. For the sake of being mean. Right. I, do, I don't understand. Yeah. That. Well, I think it says more about them than it does about you, mm-hmm. really. You know what I mean? And I that, mean, that's part of, like, taking it and moving on. Right. You know, read yeah. it, accept it, move on. And that is so much easier said than done because I still know my bad reviews word for word. <laughs> I do. And yeah. it's, it's just because those kind of things stick with you more. Mm. But I also remember the great ones. Mm-hmm. And... The lovely messages I get and they're super excited. My favorite are the excited ones. Mm-hmm. Like right after they finish and it's like 2 a.m. and I get uh-huh. this message. And oh. I'm just like, oh, yay. Because <laughs> awesome. they're they're like, they're so excited to tell me. Like I just finished. Oh my God. Uh-huh. You did amazing. And uh-huh. those, like I take those to heart. Do not get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Those are my absolute favorite. But that's what probably makes you keep going. It is. Yeah. For mm-hmm. sure. Knowing yeah. that it's it's reaching people. Yeah. And it's making a difference and giving somebody joy. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Or, totally. You had me crying. I hate you. Those yeah. are my favorite, too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I do love those ones. <laughs> That's awesome. Because it, I made you feel. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just to tear me down for my writing or the context in my book you didn't like. Or, right. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how I wrote it. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, it's all about letting it roll off yeah all right i'm gonna dive into my questions for you and the first one is what do you feel has been the most vital to your growth okay so most vital to my growth mm-hmm. would be just 
doing it. Like sitting down and writing every day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll go weeks without writing if life gets busy. And it's actually a step back. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't... One of my favorite quotes is, you can fix a bad page, but you can't fix a blank one. Mm -hmm. So it's all about getting something down on paper. No matter what, if it's all crap, whatever, you can delete it Mm -hmm. and you can move on. Mm -hmm. And you might not realize it's crap for a few months until you go back and reread it. And you're like, oh, wow, I need to redo that because you're growing as a writer constantly. Mm -hmm. There are things in my first book I would go back and edit. Mm -hmm. But me as a writer, when I published that, that's where I was. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud of that. Mm -hmm. I am. And I could edit something to death. Mm-hmm. But yeah. you just need to sit down and write every day and commit to yourself to follow through and finish it. Because if I do that, and I do, I have a super hard time in the summers. I don't write in the summers, which sets me back. If I do, it's maybe a chapter. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. Because my kids are home mm-hmm. and they're on some team and we're running around doing stuff. We're on vacation. We're camping. We're, right. And I don't have that eight hours where I can sit and just immerse myself mm-hmm. in this story and get it done. So when I'm constantly jumping in, writing for 10 minutes, hopping out, mm-hmm. it's actually a step back for me. Mm-hmm. So I don't do a whole lot of writing in the summer. Mm-hmm. And I did. As soon as the kids went back to school last week, I went in my office and I sat down and I opened up that manuscript and I spent a lot of time re evaluating what I had written mm-hmm. and getting to know where I was again. And I mm-hmm. replotted some stuff that maybe I had a new idea or, Oh, this will work better. And mm-hmm. you know, something that doesn't quite feel right in your brain and you give it long enough, it'll eventually work itself out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. Perfection is unattainable. Mm-hmm. So it just needs to be done. And what you want to say, mm-hmm. I remember my editor gave me some very good advice about once we went through we went through copy edits and proofreading and all that and I ordered my proof of my paperback which is so cool to get your actual paperback in the Yay. mail not gonna lie uh-huh. it's some of my top 10 days uh-huh. <laughs> list <laughs> she said give it another read through before you hit publish I I started to do that mm-hmm. and then I was pretty confident I was gonna trash the whole book mm-hmm. and I was gonna just throw it in the recycle bin on my computer mm-hmm. because I I was editing it to death. Mm-hmm. So I, I got a couple chapters in and I was like, nope, I'm done. And I reverted everything back to normal. I went back and fixed a couple little tiny things I found rather than rewording everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because where I was a year ago writing those first few chapters mm. versus where I ended after we finished editing and everything, I had edited it to where I wanted it. But yeah. then going back with fresh eyes and rereading it, mm-hmm. I've read it eight million times. Mm-hmm. And somebody who's never read it isn't going to read it the same as I'm reading it. So stuff that seems predictable and boring and mundane to me, Mm -hmm. it's because I've read it 800 times. Yeah, right. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. somebody who's going to read it for the first time, it might not read that way. So I did. I I actually didn't give it a last read through. And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that was detrimental to my book or not, but it was best for me. I think that makes sense. Yeah, I can... Oh, yeah. yeah. My uh, mental health was saved uh-huh, by totally. not doing it. <laughs> yeah. I think at some point it's like I, I just have to be done. Yeah. Because do. otherwise this will be a process that goes on forever. You have to decide it's, it's good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you can always grow as a writer. You can mm-hmm. always become better yeah. and more well-versed and 
learn new tricks in the trade and all of that. But it's a constant moving thing. Mm-hmm. So unless you want to come back and leave that and revisit it every year and rewrite it mm-hmm. completely. Yeah. I mean, it needs to be good enough where you're at in your yeah. life. Mm-hmm. I like that. Because my third book, I know so much more mm-hmm. now after writing two and it's, it flows a little better mm-hmm. because I, I kind of, I know my own voice mm-hmm. a little better than I did in the first one. And I know it works for me. Mm-hmm. I know what, my routine is yeah and what's easier for me you and found your groove yeah yeah and some days i don't have that groove <laughs> yeah and that's okay mm-hmm. what's most vital is just just committing to yourself and letting it be good enough mm-hmm. getting it done yeah yeah awesome all right what do you want to make sure that people know if you want to be a writer you might think it's all been said before there are countless romance novels out there like mm. every Tuesday, the traditionally published people come out with hundreds of thousands, not Mm -hmm. even an exaggeration. Like they're constantly out there. And so what you have to say might have been said before, but but it hasn't been said by you. Mm -hmm. You know, you Mm -hmm. you have your own voice. You'll have your own look out on life Mm -hmm. that will give you your own voice and the way you see things. Mm -hmm. And you know, your own story that could affect the way you tell a story Mm -hmm. and who you advocate for in your story Mm. is a huge thing. Yeah. And there's only so many storylines out there, you know, friends to lovers, enemies to lovers, Mm -hmm. you know, second Mm -hmm. chance romance, just all these different things. But when you break it down, when you break down every book into its simplest form, Mm -hmm. it's absolute simplest form. There are, hundreds of thousands that have that same basic concept Mm -hmm. but in the end it's it's your own Mm -hmm. and if you make it your own and you're true to that and you don't try to copy somebody else or you know worry about it's not good enough and you will worry Mm -hmm. and it's terrifying Mm -hmm. and it's the most vulnerable thing you'll ever do is to put yourself out there for strangers to judge you Mm -hmm. in no matter what form that takes, whether Mm -hmm. you're an actor or a writer or whatever, Mm -hmm. you have to just be okay Mm -hmm. with what it's going to be. And I'm not every day. It's something we all work on. Yeah. Yeah. So tell people quickly how they can find you, how they can find your books, how they can connect with you after hearing you here on this podcast. Um, I'm on social media. I have a Facebook page and a um, Instagram page. I'll put the links in the show notes. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then on Goodreads or on Amazon, you have those links too. I interact on Instagram and Facebook pretty regularly. Send me a message or email me. My email is linked in my uh, social media pages. Hopefully I'm working on getting a website put together nice I wanted to you know have a base and like no this is what I was going to continue doing to put the time into that one and it's not even a thing yet but Mm -hmm. hopefully it will be soon and that'll all get shared on my social media pages my books are at on Amazon you can get paperback or Kindle and then at Barnes and Noble they're in paperback or for the nook but they're also on iTunes and Kobo and a couple other different places so just search for it and you can't find it let me know and maybe i can direct you in the right way (laughs) yeah awesome well yes connect connect with amanda 
You'll be so happy that you did. And thank you so much for being here today and for sharing all of this awesome info with us. And I can't wait for you to get more reviews. And 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 I'm not even that nervous anymore. I was absolutely (laughs) terrified when I walked in here. (laughs) Oh, you did great. (laughs) Thanks (laughs) Thanks for being here. Hopefully it came across that way. Yeah. (laughs) It was fun. Thank you so much. All right, my friends, what an awesome interview. We absolutely believe in the power of our stories, and we are so very grateful to our guests who have the courage to speak their truth and share their heart, experiences, and light with all of us. If you want more of the WE podcast, make sure you head over to thewespot.com where you can find all of our episodes as well as the WE Spot blog. The We Spot is your go-to spot for growth, connection, authenticity, and encouragement. You can also find us on social media. Head over to the We Spot Facebook and Instagram pages and get plugged in. You can also find me, Sarah Moneras, on my personal Facebook and Instagram pages as well. If you love the We Podcast, we would be thrilled for you to rate the podcast and write us a review. We want as many people as possible to be lifted up in growth and get connected with our community. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes dropping every single week. We can't wait to see you over on social media. Thank you for being here today. It means a lot to us. Remember, your story makes you who you are. Speak your truth, grow constantly, rise above, and always know you are not on this journey alone. See you next time.